Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Lana, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thank you so much for having me, Blake. I'm honored to be here. I'm so excited. It's so fun because I just recorded for your show like a week or two ago. Yes. So we're getting to hang out twice, which yeah, we're tag teaming. We're tag teaming it. We <laughs> just spent the last like 10 minutes talking about traditional publishing and kind of, you know, the behind the scenes of that. And all because your book comes out like like the week before mine. Yeah, I think we're both in October, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I'm the 11th and you're the fourth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. your book, uh, The Grace-Filled Homestead, Lessons I've Learned About Faith, Family, and the Farm. Will you tell us about it? Yeah, it's just, it's a labor of love. We have been writing this, well, we moved here about 20 years ago, uh, ditched the hustle lifestyle. I was you know, corporate finance world, driving into the downtown high rises in the cement uh, every day. And so we just kind of shift, shifted focus and decided we wanted to ditch that and kind of downplay into a more simple lifestyle, more time with the kiddos, more just spending time outside and playing in the gardens and letting my ornery naughty kiddos just run wild and not, yeah. you know, get in trouble by the neighbors or anything. And so it's just been a really good experience. That's amazing. And you know, here's what I will say. We only have four acres. Uh, so we moved out of the neighborhood about 20 years ago and it does not take most of the stuff we do could be in a neighborhood backyard. Yeah. We have gardens and we have, goats and sheep and chickens and all the fun. So we have a good time here. Cause you moved into like, it's a 120 year old farmhouse, right? Yes. Yeah. But when we moved in, it was a hundred year old. Right. Right. <laughs> we should have bulldozed it. And boy, mm. our friends and family thought we were nuts. And we were actually going to build on some property, a few acres down the road. And we found out that this um, older couple was selling and then your husband shouldn't drive you by because even though the house is kind of falling over and all the things, you just have these visions. Fall in love. Yeah. It sounds like a fairy tale. It does. You start from the work. <laughs> right. Exactly. You were like 20 years ahead of what COVID forced everybody to realize. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think we're seeing such a shift in lifestyles and families. I mean, mine included. My husband just left his very hustle bustle corporate job like three months ago. And so, and we track that back to COVID and having all of that time together. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I talk a lot about how COVID either like broke, made or broke families. Like they, yes. it's either you realize, oh, wait, I want to be together way more than we usually are. Or you were like, I don't even like you, you know? And that's like a whole different conversation. Right. But 
what was like your catalyst 20 years ago to go, I don't want to do like the concrete jungle thing anymore? You know, I had, my job was amazing. I loved it. I worked for, you know, one of the top companies. So they treated me really well. And that's a lesson that sometimes you even leave things that are good, whether that's yeah. a relationship or a job or a neighborhood or whatever, even if it's good, it doesn't mean it's your path. Yeah. We were burning the candle at both ends. I'm kind of that we, back in the day, we used to call it type A. Now it's Enneagram eight. Right. <laughs> Are you Enneagram yes, eight? I'm an eight. Yeah. Um, and so it's just go, go, go. I'm going to conquer the world. Um, and, you know, you kind of leave your health behind. It's just, you know, the goal is the goal and you get there. And it was when my first son was born. Mm -hmm. Just have that mind shift of this is great. And the money, the money was great when the money can be great anywhere. If mm -hmm. you have two spouses and no children, right. <laughs> doesn't matter what you make, you're loaded. But we needed to shift. Mm -hmm. Our souls were not happy. We were worn out. Uh, and we just wanted that, that chill lifestyle where we're actually spending time together, enjoying each other not on a big rush to get to something and do something. And we still, of course, you know, my kids were all athletes and I spent a lot of time in the gym, right. bleachers and all that. So we still had a lot of activities, but it was more of our choice. Right. And, you know, at the time we had to really buckle down. I mean, I, I quit my job to stay at home and live on a fireman's salary, you know, with, with six of us. And it really, when you're focused on something and you know in your heart it's the right thing, you don't notice it and it's not hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you make do. It, pretty much everything we have on this property was reclaimed lumber. You know, yep. our coop was made out of a kid's playhouse and our fireplace mantle and our all the things that you can look around the house. It used to be in a, pile, a burn pile somewhere, you know. Right. And so it's just, you get resourceful and you make things work. And then, you know, sure enough, years later, you have something that's so beautiful mm -hmm. and it's anyone can come in and do what we did with money, but we did it with our bare hands right? with no money. And it's just a testament to if your friends and family think you're nuts, <laughs> I should go ahead and do it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and, and you just, you kind of, it's okay to shift out of that norm and just do every family's different. I mean, I have a friend that moved down into a condo downtown in the middle. And that, that just sounds miserable to me, but it's what she wants. So exactly. Just, exactly. And you love that. Just quit listening to everybody and it'll it'll all pan out in a couple of years now people are like oh now we get right you're doing that nasty old house that need to be bulldozed you know right so it's just it's been a great place to raise the kiddos you know they've just spent a lot of time outside and we're not big screen people although you know you can say <laughs> with <all laughs> bobs and technology and podcasts and social yep. media you know, of course we're on the screens, but their childhood was, you know, just very chill and lots of playing outside and, and what it should be dinners yeah. with the family, eating out of the garden, you know, pesto from your basil out in the garden. Yeah. There's nothing better than that. And no. it's, 
but it's hard to make that shift. It's not easy because you are kind of jumping out of the norm. Right. That's been set in front of you. You know, why go to college and go through this and this degree and get a graduate degree? And, you know, you have this path and then all of a sudden you're just kind of chucking it. Yeah. What you really want. But, you know, I would say if you're having those gut feelings, start taking the steps. We, we, it took us a while. I mean, right. it was not a moment and then, then it's just done. It was over a few years. We were starting to, you know, cut some of our expenses and where I could just completely stay home. But, you know, that was a lot of money to make up for. And, and we did it, but we did it hard and took our time. And um, I look back now and I'm so glad we didn't listen to other people and we just, you know, kind of did our own thing. Well, and I think the what I kept thinking when you were talking is like, you essentially, you have to choose your hard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's hard to be away from your kids and away from your family and make the money. And it's hard to not make the money, but be with your kids and be with your family. Like, and I don't think any, like, I don't even want to say that either like right or wrong. I think you just have to like choose your heart and you also have to choose your currency. Like, absolutely. Like we decided that the currency of time together was more valuable to us than the currency of money. And so that's what we like kind of set our sights on and started running after. Mm -hmm. And that's just like what worked for us. I think it is like, I love that you, you know, kept kind of coming back to the point of like, stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. Like, I know that there are people who think it's absolutely nuts that my husband quit his job. He'd been in his job for... 20 years he climbed the ladder he was like next up to basically be like the big you know big dog on campus and he walked away from it Mm -hmm. but like now I'm like I can't imagine any other way you know and it's nice when you get on the other side of that and you're you're like we should have done it earlier why didn't we um it's when you know what's right for you and your family that's my um youngest son just got married and we we told him you know it's you and her against the world right we're gonna be in your business (laughs) your siblings are gonna be in your business your friends are gonna be in your business but it's you and her Mm -hmm. that have to ultimately make the decisions of what's right for your family and you know if you're praying about it and god's involved in your life you're not gonna make the wrong decision and if you do who cares? You can, he go back. can still work with that as well as is what I always have to kind of like, I think it's holding it open handedly. Like, yeah. yes, this is like the next right step. That's what we kept calling Jeremy leaving his job. This is the next right thing. This is the next right step. If in a year he needs to go get a job, then, oh my gosh, that's a year that we got that so many people don't even get, right? you know, and, and then it'll be fine. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of like getting to that point. I appreciate that you were like, it wasn't like we made this decision. Then we just like went and bought a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Were y'all always like on the same page? This is what we want to do. Not really. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, wish I, like, could say yes. <laughs> I know we weren't either. I mean, it was almost a year of me being like, I think you need to quit your job. I think you need to quit your job. And then God being like, shut up, let him and I figure it out. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, I'll stop nagging. And then like our story is literally one, a Wednesday morning, I got a text message from my husband that he was putting in his notice. Awesome. It was crazy. (laughs) That's awesome. We went from being on totally separate pages to like on the same page and it was all God. That's amazing. Yeah. And you know, for me, and I, I don't know if it was my personality or pride. It was probably pride. I took pride in my job and I loved Mm -hmm. it and I was good at it. And I worked for a really good company that treated me well, and I had great benefits. So the better you have it, 
mm. the harder it is to leave. Like if I was pissy at them and they were treating me wrong and all yeah. that, that would have been a split second, no problem. But when you start making that shift and it, and it was in phases too. So I job shared for a little bit and then I went full part-time and, you know, it was kind of trickling down to yeah. making it actually happen. But just knowing, and I think, and we did, I mean, we were younger, we didn't do as much praying back then as we should have, <laughs> uh, but we did pray, we did pray about it. And CJ has always been kind of the outdoorsman and that kind of, he grew up camping all the time and all that. And I was not as much like that. I mean, I loved playing outside and, you know, getting dirty in the Creek and stuff. But as for that whole thing, I just hadn't really been exposed to it a lot. Yeah. So it was his, his kind of vision and he was kind of bringing me along. And now, you know, I'm the one that's like, can we get another goat? And yeah. he's like, whoa, whoa, where? <laughs> you have first? created a monster. Yeah. It's the best. Yes, it that's is. the best. So I want to talk a little bit about like what you and I have done isn't necessarily tangible in this season for people because two years ago, my life now wasn't tangible for mm -hmm. me, but I knew that I wanted a slower, more simple, more together life. And so like for the, like for us, that looked like I didn't put my really young kids in any sport mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the we had such limited time together that I was like, I'm not spending it carting. I mean, to be fair, they were like five and three. So it's not like, don't even think about it till they're begging you. Like, right. But like so many people, I felt so behind, like so many people had their preschoolers in gymnastics. And I was like, my kid's not going to be able to do a cartwheel. You yeah. know what I mean? But so I think sometimes it can feel like all or nothing. Like if you want a simpler, slower life that you have to go all in. And I know like both of us, both of our stories were kind of more like a pro process than mm -hmm. that. Like, what are some things that people can do to like move their lives in that direction if quitting their job and moving onto a farm isn't an option? Oh, yes. And that's such a good question. And there are so many things. I mean, I have a, a the Backyard Farm Academy and it's classes for, you know, chickens and gardens and stuff. And I will get so many DMs and messages about, well, I don't live on a farm or I don't I'm like, no, 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 you yeah. you be in your backyard you can live on a a patio downtown and get buy a big plastic container at walmart and you can have a salsa garden on your patio yep just the tending of that it just brings you peace absolutely and if you're not into plants if you're not into the chickens and the farm thing you don't have to be you could be killing it in the corporate world and being intentional with that first hour of your morning, mm. whether that's going outside for a walk, if that's like, you know, that's when I do my Bible reading plan. Like I've come to this audio Bible, like I love my audio Bible. Yeah. And so I just, you know, knock out two things at the same time. And it's just my time in the morning where I get peace. You don't have to live on a farm. You don't have mm -hmm. to have a plant to do that. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's, it's the intentional being simplifying your day, starting it where it's important, you know, with God and moving your body. And it, it, people think, oh, well, I've got to go do some CrossFit workout or something. <laughs> you know, just go outside and yeah. play, go yeah. kids, go for a walk. It's truly, I think, being outside, it just clears my brain. And to me, just 
organizing your day, starting it out, it's going to go south really quick. By 10 o'clock, you're going to be, you know, ticked off at somebody and technology is not going to work or something's right. going to be wrong. But, you, you know, when you started it out right, it gets your, your heart centered in the right place. I know another thing that you really emphasize is kind of the importance of gathering together over meals and yeah. like making that intentional time. We we didn't have that option. Like when my husband wasn't getting home until six, six 30 and yeah. my kids were ravenous already. So like they would have already eaten and then I was too tired to cook. So we would like throw together sandwiches and I like want there to be grace for that because I, that was not that long ago. So like, I know, I know that reality of like feeding your kids, whatever you can when they're hungry while also like, I mean, you're essentially solo parenting. Oh yeah. But on the other side of it now, like when the four of us get to sit down and eat together, there's just something about it. Wow. It is. It really is. And I love that you brought that up about having grace because, you know, I've been in that season when right? the fire station, it's a 24 hour shift. So, you know, I'm definitely a single on those days and it's more of just thinking ahead. Okay. So maybe it's, and now as my kiddos are getting older and you know, my daughter's in college and some of them have moved out. It's okay. Now it's Sunday dinners. Of yeah. course, I don't want them over here every night, every night. Right. But you know, it's planning whenever it works and maybe it's breakfast time. Right. I mean, when my kiddos were in high school, I tell you what, we had the best conversations and they were like a legit five minute quick, but we would go deep right right before they would leave for school in the mornings. But, you know, we kind of had this, it's more about routine in the mornings. Right. I'm like, yeah, you're not eating until you're ready and dressed. And, you know, you both are going to sit down and we're going to chat. And, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. And so it, it was chaos in the evenings. A lot of times, especially like you're saying, when they're in sports or you have activities. So you just kind of pinpoint where you can do it. Yeah and make it happen. But to me, it's all about the food, right? I mean, when there's food, all the walls come down and you're just, it's a comfort. You, it feels like a good pair of sweatpants, you know, yes. like you're there with your people. It's casual. You're just relaxed to talk and things come out that are not going to come out. If you're st standing there at the door, asking your kid, so how'd that go? They're going to shut you down. They're, they're not going to want there, but something about when there's food involved, everybody just chills out, has a good time, and you know, it's yeah. a million bucks. You, if you have that, you have everything. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well, and I love that you said that like it could even just be five minutes. I think we have these standards that we set that nobody else set for us. We set for ourselves of like, 
family dinner has to be a three course meal and it has to be an hour long and we have to have like a very organized conversation and like life doesn't look like that for anybody if it does for you like I'm really happy for you but like my kids are chaos it's like I it's a joy if I can get them to like sit their butts in the chair at the table and not be like half standing half sitting half like playing with their food you know so I do think that it's like it's like you have to have your mindset towards like capturing that moment of intentionality when you can. Yeah. It being okay that it doesn't look perfect. Oh, yes. I mean, many times we would be heading out for wrestling meet and it's like, here's your hot dog. Right. And we're sitting there and I'm like, no, you're not eating standing up. Sit yeah. Down. Yeah. So you just, and it's all seasons. I mean, that mm-hmm. wasn't a great season. I didn't enjoy, I'm, a wrestling mom that doesn't love wrestling. Yeah. I didn't enjoy that season as much as now we can sit around and linger over pasta and, you know, it can be a little longer, but it wasn't always like that. A lot of times it was, you know, just a quick, whatever we could get. Yeah. But it's just, like you said, just find whatever works and give yourself grace because you're going to be in different seasons than you are, you know, five years from now, it might look completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my five-year-old, she's not a big talker. Mm -hmm. She has a sister, an older sister that never stops talking. So we're working on like letting Elliot find her voice. Like, but we're all sitting on the couch, even this morning, just they get up pretty early and they don't have to be, they thankfully their school starts like a little bit later than a lot of schools. So we kind of, we do have that time in the morning and she starts telling us about this little girl that's in the other class that has, I don't actually know what you know, like actual medical diagnosis she has, but she wears leg braces and walks with yeah. crutches. And she was telling us about how cool it was that there's a swing on their playset that's specifically uh-huh. for this little girl. And that she was telling about us about how like somebody else was playing in it and Elliot went and asked them to get out so that the other little girl could could uh-huh. swing. And I was like, this, this is it. Sharing that story is what you want to hug her and say, thank you for telling yes, me that. Exactly. Like, cause she could have kept it in all day and never told you about it. Exactly. And yes, there were multiple times that we had to be like, Pacey, let your sister tell the story. <laughs> like let your sister find her voice. But like, and it was so cool because my husband and I both like kind of just dropped everything like phones gone, packing up bags gone. Like, yes, tell us this story and what happened and like what you learned. And I think, look, I'm going to be honest, not every moment of parenting even allows for that. Like there are some moments where my kids want to tell me a story and I'm like, I can't, I I physically can't. But when you can, I think it's just the willingness to like put it all down and be intentionally present. I think that makes all the difference. Oh, it totally does. And, and it's hard. It is. I would legit make myself like phone is not coming out. TV, I don't, I'm a big, you know, news person. I'm trying to get off of that because (laughs) I don't want to watch it. But um, I would always before turn the news on in the morning and there would just be all this bustle going on. And now I'm, I was like, it's only for a couple minutes. Yeah. 100% anything you have. And then I would try to, it didn't always work. And then especially if they had practice or something after school, but when they came home Mm -hmm. back to, I hate that it's all about the food, but like if I could put out some if they're home baked or if they're bought at the store. Yep. He's, and they would sit there and tell me, you know, stories yeah. like you were saying about their day that had I not gotten that, I would never know these things about 
going on with their friends or what they're struggling. You know, I'm sitting here reaming them out about something in their bedroom not being clean. And there's this big thing going on in the high school and yeah, kid commits suicide, you know, all this horrible stuff. And it's like, if you don't make time for that, they're just going to keep that in exactly for themselves. And I found that cookies and any kind of food just and like being available like I mean mine are really little but I'm learning that lesson now of like you can think you're available but you don't look available yeah like I can be I am available I'm just scrolling on my phone but I don't look available so they're gonna keep that stuff in and so it's about like making little sacrifices to pull those little stories out of them so that you can know them better. Cause our life is essentially just like made up of stories, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. So I kind of want to like shift gears a little bit. Yeah. We talked about this on when I was on your show, but I, I want to kind of continue the conversation. You work with a lot of like nonprofit pro-life mm-hmm. organization. You're very mm-hmm. involved in that world we both are. And you kind of brought up when I was on your show, just that, like how shocking the silence was in like June and July, like when Roe versus Wade was overturned and the rights going back to the States and stuff like that. What were your thoughts about that? Yeah, it was, it was such an eye opener. And we, we were on our way back from, I took a social media break for I, I do that a little too often, <laughs> especially when you're putting out a book, right? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Um, but I had taken a social media break. We were moving my daughter back from college. So it had to be May. I don't mm-hmm. I think the decision was leaked in May and then actually overturned in June. So it was the leak. And so we had the news, but I wasn't on any social media or anything. So a few days later... She had mentioned something about, you know, there's just so much noise going on on this side. Where are all the, you know, conservative mm-hmm. Christians? They're not speaking up. And so I didn't, you know, really put too much into it. But when I got back on, I was just like, are, wow, really? Like total crickets all mm-hmm. across the board. And it was just a little disappointing. And I, I want to, you know, tell you how much we appreciate you speaking out. And I knew you would. <laughs> I, I'm at least Blake's there to <laughs> speak some truth into this. But I think what was more disappointing was many of them, I know how they feel and what their view is, and they still chose not to speak out. And, you know, I do want to give grace because for like my platform is pretty much joy, you know, mm-hmm. gardens, happy flowers, tulips, you know all the joy thing. And it's really, I've tried to stay out of the political arena. I am, I'm an intense political person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have very strong views and I wouldn't say political, but I just have very strong views. Yeah. And um, I try, it's hard to keep that on social media. And I just was like, okay, the world's hard. I want to keep my platform joyful or whatever. But this to me, I like, I could not, not say something. Well, but it also, was something joyful to celebrate. Oh, yes. Well, and this was before when they were leaking oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, deci- like the it, decision. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. It was joyful. And I, it was just one of those that I get where 
these influencers are coming from where they want to kind of play both sides or stay completely silent. Mm -hmm. I did have a check like you're getting ready to put out a mainstream book, Lana. Your platform is probably they know I'm a Christian, you know, I'll, I'll they know that, but I've never really delved into that. And I get it. I get, you know, I've been kind of a little disappointed with the pastors and stuff not speaking out about it because I just don't feel like this is political. I feel like this right. is moral, a moral issue. And as people of faith, there are sometimes it's time to get out of our lane, mm -hmm. whatever you think your platform lane, whatever your branding is, whatever, and just speak truth and, you know, let God figure it out. If you lose people, who cares if you mm -hmm. lose checks, you know, because you're speaking the word of God, which it's all over new Testament, old Testament. I mean, it's so crystal clear. And so, yeah, I just, it was a little disappointing. Um, but it does make you truly appreciate the people mm -hmm. are courageous to speak out in a, you know, an angry, hateful world. Yeah. And like you said, we need to celebrate when there's something joyful, there's not a whole lot of joyful going on on the news these days. No. So if you have something good, celebrate it. We don't have to, you know, be hateful and in your face, but my point was I wanted to put it out on my platform for the younger girls mm -hmm. that are saying the things like, where's everybody at? Am I the only person? No, you're not. They're yeah. just quiet right now, but no, you're not. We're all still here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a really interesting, like other side perspective coming from your daughter and like people her age, because as a like, okay, like quote unquote, influencer, Christian, whatever author, I mean, I definitely like saw the same silence. Wasn't very surprised by it because I've been like behind the scenes long enough that I was like, I know how this is going to go. But I think it's really easy when you have a platform or you have a message or you have a book or a podcast or whatever to be protective of that and think you are making a good choice. And you may be like there. I don't think that everyone has to speak into every issue. Right. But I think it's really easy to think that you're making the right choice by like not rocking the boat, not adding to the noise, et cetera, et cetera. Like that was a lot of what you saw coming out of these accounts was like, I don't want to add to the noise. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. But the other side of that is, is that there is a younger generation coming up behind us that isn't seeing anyone take a stand or isn't seeing very many people take a stand on these like hallmark flagship this is black and white issues when like we're supposed to be like to a degree like leading them and helping them like see how to navigate this stuff especially like in the public realm like that's just i think just a totally different perspective that i think a lot of people didn't like just didn't even take into account that your like your silence on this issue is impacting next generation yes exactly exactly so was that just your daughter's sentiment or did were there like other people in that com like that she was having conversations with yeah it was it was mainly just her mm -hmm. i mean yeah we were you know leaving school and you know we just had this quick conversation and she's helped me quite a bit with we have a light the night for life race coming up um that benefits a women's clinic that does mm -hmm. free free um, sonograms and that type of thing. And she's gone and, you know, dressed up in the tutus and yeah. all that stuff. So she's been very involved from the get go. And it's just one of those where I get stay in your lane, mm -hmm. 
but be consistent in your lane. So if you're going to speak mm. out on other social issues, be consistent or, exactly. you know, you can pick and choose. It's your platform and this is America. As of right now, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but, you know, you just, if you're proclaiming that you're a strong Christian and you're, you're in that arena where you do speak out, goodness gracious, that's kind of disappointing. Well, that was the hardest thing for me. And, and just to be totally honest, like being in the online space in 2020 with the black squares and oh, oh, all of that, mm-hmm. you know, got a lot of Christian attention mm-hmm. where, you know, then the people that were on the other side going, wait, do y'all know what Black Lives Matter is like the organization actually stands for? Because they stand for everything like they are against everything that we believe in, like the nuclear family and Christianity, they're Marxist, like, you know, and then and getting really negative feedback on all of that and just being like, okay, okay, like do you do you like whatever, it's fine. But the voices being so loud on that and then completely silent on yeah. the on the side of like babies being born, like that was really difficult to kind of yeah, like rationalize it's not an anger thing. It's not even like a disappointment. It's genuinely confused mostly like, and maybe like, maybe that's a conversation that needs to be facilitated of like, I want to know what the, I don't know, the motivation there. And the way I look at it is being in, I'm sure you know this probably more than I do being in the online arena. You're not going to make everybody happy anyway. You can't. You're going to get heat. Even putting a little sweet goat out with a tulip, you're going to get heat somehow. (laughs) Yep. or something dumb so you might as well at if something's tugging at your heart and you literally you know are losing sleep over like this needs to be chatted about i mean i i got heat because i didn't have the black squares up and i had people mm-hmm. unfollow me at that time and they could not believe that i wouldn't support that and you know it's just it then you don't know me you don't know me yeah this is my platform and and it is hard. It is hard when you kind of have a certain thing that you, that you talk about a lot. But yeah, my my expectation is just be consistent. If yeah. if you're speaking to these issues, speak to them. Yep. And I that I felt the same way. It was just like just consistency. Like we can't only talk about the social issues that the world is currently heralding and celebrating. Like we need I, to talk about the ones that are more uncomfortable and more likely going to make people angry because scripture is so clear that like the like friendship with the world is animosity with God. Right. I think the church has forgotten that a lot of the time and it's uncomfortable and it's hard. Like I think because I'm an Enneagram eight and can kind of have these conversations relatively easily, people think that it's easy. Like, no, like getting really awful DMS and comments and being talked about online. Like that's not fun. I don't enjoy that. Like it doesn't matter how tough you seem, it always sucks. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's just, it's like the whole friendship with the world versus like pleasing man thing. It's it's interesting. It is. And it, you know, it just goes back to even what we were talking about earlier on, you know, your path in life. And do you live on a farm? Do you live in a neighborhood? Do you quit that job? Do you bring your husband home? You know, you, what's tugging at your heart, God put that in you. Yep. And if, if you're struggling with something like, oh my gosh, I, no one's speaking out, I need to, then then do. Yeah. 
it's it just goes back to stop worrying about everyone else exactly to do that is essentially like the whole message of this whole conversation is like just stop worrying about what everybody else thinks about you and do what god has for you next and it'll work out yeah absolutely well, Lana, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. I'm so excited for your book to come out. By the time this comes out, your book is out. So people can get it wherever they get books. Where can people connect with you online? Yeah, mainly Instagram and TikTok at Lana Stinner or Lana Stinner and the Goat Gang on TikTok. Um, website, lanastinner.com. So those are my main places. I'm on Facebook, but yeah, never. Same. Same. <laughs> I, have an I just don't show up there. Same. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Blake. It's been an honor. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.